Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Let me tell you, I've been looking forward to this episode for a minute. Me and my guest today have been back and forth on it, how we're going to give value to you as an audience, and really where we're going to go with the big, colourful life that my guest today, Brother Clay, has led. Clay, and as I said, has lived a very colourful life, and we're going to have a lot of fun diving in and discussing into some of the, those chapters. Construction manager, executive producer, music artist, a truly inspiring spirit that has an unstoppable hunger for the hustle. Brother Clay, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Yeah, very good, Jake. Thank you very much for that intro. I really appreciate it. It's my honor to be here with you. Uh, it's, I, it's my honor for the hustle. It's what it is. I'm hungry for the hustle. That's it, mate. I, mean, I could almost say um, I wouldn't want to define you because that wouldn't be my position. But I think it's a, a fine set of words that can be wrapped up in who you are. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mm. think that that's something everybody should have. Everybody does have is a hunger for the hustle. Not always knowing what steps to achieve those is why we have podcasts like yours. Hopefully that we yeah. can inspire people to chase their dream and follow their dream. Exactly. And that's, you know, a big, big part of the reason I do this. So tell us more, Clay. Tell us, let's give the audience a bit of it. Of course, I know I've been doing my research into you, but it, it doesn't come better from the man himself. Tell us a bit more of your backstory. I know you're working a lot and perhaps what you're working on most recently. Uh, so, so a little bit of my backstory is I had, I had a difficult childhood. I, I've felt a lot of pain as a young man that stayed with me for a lot of years. Uh, somewhere in my teenage years, I began to make personal changes. And, and when I did, I entered uh, the construction industry right at 18 years old. And the, the wages there were about $4 an hour. And it was not enough because I wanted more. I thought this was something that I could excel at, but I had to start at the bottom. I had to start somewhere. I had to make, uh, I made a lot of sacrifices. I gave myself completely and wholly to an industry that didn't necessarily completely and wholly give itself to me. But what I did notice is the more that I continued to show up, do the work, keep my mouth shut and stay focused on what my dream was, I elevated from that fairly quickly. It wasn't definitely not overnight. And it definitely took a hunger for the hustle to, to achieve what I did in construction management. Uh, and during, there was a time around 2014, late 13, where I was actually sought after for a, the world's largest construction project at that time. And the day before that started, I was in a catastrophic accident that resulted in the amputation of my right leg. Going through all the things that you can imagine a person would go through from that, I began to look for what is it that I want in my life. I had to, without the help of a person like Les Brown or a coach like John or a friend like you, Jake, I had to figure out, I used to say that I'm the construction manager. That's who are you? What do you do? Uh, that. But I, don't, I didn't do that anymore. Well, I was at least always knew that I was very strong and could physically work in some type of capacity. But I can't walk right now. Who am I is what I found myself confronted with the most. I had to decide without, if everything can go away, if you can lose a, a loved one, if you can lose a job, if you can lose a home, if you can lose the clothes, if all of these things are temporary and can go at any time, without all of these things, who am I? And when I began to set out on a journey to answer that question, uh, it completely changed my life. I entered into the music industry, had uh, worked with Bone Thugs and Harmony, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. And, and I, I enjoyed it, but you know what I hear a lot of people talk about when we have our groups is fears. And I was thought to myself, I don't have fear. <laughs> I'm a tough guy. I don't have fear. But yeah, you, been know, there. you know, the fear I had that was the strongest that I think held me back the most in my life was fear of persecution from loved ones, for lack of a better words putting myself out there and saying, I, I know you think I'm this, I know you want this for me, but I'm not that and I don't want that for myself. 
I want to do this with my life. This is who I want to be, regardless of what even, you know, your mother might tell you. This is this was really hard to do. And to put myself out there in a public platform and say that, I was terrified. There were things in my past that I really, really wanted to talk about, but I really struggled to express myself in a group where people weren't really talking about these things. So coming across uh, working with Les Brown a few months ago was amazing. This is actually a platform of people who want to talk about a little bit of adversity. What have you been through? The more people I talk to, even outside of our groups, what I realize is people want to say, I went through this. It's kind of why I am how I am. And I struggled with that because, yes, that does define us. But at some point, as a people, we have to stop having that conversation or at least condense it down. And I don't know exactly what that means, but let's talk more about what do you want? Where do you want to be? Where do you want mm -hmm. to go? We've mm -hmm. all had pains. We've all had struggles. We all have a story of, I almost crashed here, almost died here, I almost gave up here, but I didn't. We all have that story. I think this is a great time that they're all kind of trapped in that we can connect like we are now. Otherwise, Jake, you yes. and I have never connected and been able we would to. Have probably, yeah, sorry to cut across you. You're absolutely right there. We'd have probably never met. I would have certainly never got the opportunity like you did to work with someone as great in their art as Les Brown and um, to connect with someone like um, John Tallarico. You know, I'm not saying these things would have been impossible, but certainly the fact of what happened this year has brought them around into being. Absolutely. And mm. we can and we can reach out to people and try to help people because I struggled with it a little bit, but it is important to me because in my lowest times, Les Brown motivational videos got me through not just some days, got me through some half hours where I just didn't think I was going to make it to the next hour. I mm. needed people like Les Brown, T.D. Jakes. Reverend, I, I needed them. And, and I began to put these things in my head. <laughs> yeah. And I found my life to change immediately when I applied some of these simple principles. So yeah, I'm a believer, definitely. I, I agree. And it's when you, when you consume and digest positive messages like that at scale, I find that then when I, I found that later, and this took many years for me, actually, and you might be able to agree with this or, or or find some truth in it that when because you've been ingesting so much of it and digesting so much of it it's there it actually becomes in your mind so then when the situation comes up instead of having you know the doubt the devil on your shoulder the critic you've actually got like Les Brown or TD Jakes on your shoulder and their words come out into your mind and you're like nah I know how to I know how to deal with this I don't even need to watch the video because it's already speaking to me absolutely and you know, the human mind is extremely susceptible to incoming information from the outside. So for myself, I find that the television to be, is very rarely on in my home. Not because I don't enjoy entertainment and content, it's just because playing, watching a television show so I can laugh and relax is nice. But the value I get from listening to a Think and Grow Rich recording trumps all of that and it's about living in the moment you know and overcoming your fears whatever they are I, like i say i struggled to speak in the beginning because i found myself when i had to tell these stories reliving this stuff all over again that i thought i had let go mm. and i just didn't want to do that and that's mm. why i used to say if you want me to talk about it i'm going to make you pay me but that was a little <laughs> but i was saying that I'm going to have to suffer a little bit to relive that, just to tell you that. And mm. my time is actually extremely valuable for me to be walking backwards. For myself, it's difficult. Yeah. But then I have to remember, though, Les Brown's story about being put out of his house with his mother was probably a difficult time to relive. But he tells it over and over so that it can help people like me. So... Yeah, sorry. Um, I was just yeah, going to say, do you think that, but in telling the story 
and in getting it out there it actually has a therapeutic value for you and or and and the maybe the impact of to you and kind of the trauma that you, you you kind of go back to in your mind the more you tell it the kind of easier it gets or does that not really play out for you no absolutely 100 percent uh I've recorded the first attempt I made at a documentary in my life was probably the most difficult thing I ever did. I think I finished recording it in 2018. It didn't release it till recently, 2020. I sat on it for two years because I did not want to look at it. For me, it's a story I've been telling myself in the life I've lived. It's not hard for me to look at. It's mm -hmm. hard for me to put out there because none of us, none of our lives are our own singularity lives in a fashion. It, we're, you know, ripples in the pond effect. Everyone's story includes other people and not everyone wants to relive that. And I, I wanted to be careful that I didn't force my emotions onto another person. You know, me expressing myself is to help people, not for you to relive that. But what mm -hmm. we learned from Les Brown is how to tell these stories without mentioning the names, which I'm yes. being specific, you know, a master of words. A person truly hunger, hungry for the hustle. You know, Les Brown and, you know, was labeled educable, mentally retarded. You know, now he's a world-renowned speaker. You know, another guy that I like, uh, Steve Harvey, stutterer as a kid. More TV shows than anyone. He's made some history. And Steve, Steve Harvey, I don't know if you know his story, told the teacher he wanted to speak on TV. He wrote it on a piece of paper. And she said, no, you can't. Called him up to the class. He thought he was going to get an award for this great idea he had. She said, you can't even talk here. You can't talk in front of nobody. No one you ever known has been on TV. You're an idiot. He went home. He got in some trouble. But his father told him, just don't tell nobody, but stand in the mirror and read this every day. Now, Steve Harvey never says it like this, but he had a major stuttering problem. And I can imagine a little boy in the mirror with a piece of papers, however hard it was for him to get those words out, he did that every day. He, that was his sacrifice, you know? So yes, it's hard. Yes, it's a struggle, but it's possible, right? Yeah, and it's worth it as well, right? You know, a, a great thing that Les said and he taught me was, when you know the why, you can endure anyhow. And I had to hear that many, many times for it to really soak into my soul. And for me then even more so many more times for me to actually take action accordingly to that. And, you know, really start living from, you know, the inside out, not the outside in. And that pertains and, and pulls back to something that you said earlier about, you know, not watching the news, particularly this year. My goodness. Um, like, but I don't either, and I haven't for many years. And and I think the thing is about the, the news and the media, it, it's it's difficult. I saw Denzel Washington put it very well once. He said, if you watch the news, you're misinformed. But then if you don't watch it, you're uninformed. So where do you choose to be? And I think that, that really pertains to choosing a level of intelligent ignorance. And, you know, I don't, I hear news second or third hand from other friends and and, and family that watch it. And that's really my, you know, I've got certain sources that I go with, but that's really where I get it from. And I think if you're not careful about being intentional with why you're actually watching the TV, okay, am I watching a documentary? Am I watching something fantastic and beautiful that David Attenborough's put out? Or am I perhaps, perhaps watching the Think and Grow Rich movie? Um, you know, or am I just, is it just on in the background, soaking into my subconscious with just constant negative news, CNN, at scale? And what effect does that have on me? And, you know, and, and is that actually making me live from the outside in, not the inside out? I think it's something we have to be very careful and conscious of. Absolutely. You know, whatever you choose to listen to and look at, we have to be careful. And that includes people in our lives. We have to be mm. careful who we surround. I'm very particular about my environment, what I see every day, how things are placed, maybe a little OCD, but it's because I want to live in the moment, the as if, the now. Things are orderly. Things are in place. What I want exists now, in the moment. Mm. And to that point about the now, it's a great segue to what I was going to talk to you about next. I, 
I know you you do like to be you of course you're actively involved and you're very proactive in, in many areas of life and but you do like to be a witness and observer to life and and inside that you take great pleasure in witnessing the growth development and success of other people I know through the colorful life you've lived you would have seen that play out many times but I wanted to really get you know a story from you about what was kind of the most amazing thing inside that space that you've ever witnessed? What was the most amazing thing? The most amazing person story? The most, and my, I should probably frame the question a bit better. In the most amazing growth or personal development you've seen in a person that really just transformed. It'll take me a minute. So when sure. I think about uh, other people and, and this question, who whose story has affected me that I've seen them? Everybody. <laughs> Every, everybody. I can't think of a person that I know that does not have an amazing story behind them. You, Jake, when I first met you, uh, uh, you were on a call like this, and a few weeks later, you just quit your job and said, I, this is my dream. I want to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And you did it. That's freaking amazing. I'm, I'm a recording artist now. I love it. I would have never quit my job to do it. I would have never been that brave if this life situation had put me there. So that is amazing. I knew a fella that, had, that is now the owner of a major construction company. He at one time was on his last dollar on one side of the street, losing in a construction project and had to walk next door and be with his son on his son's last days as his son was dying. He went through that and still built that company up, overcame that. Les Brown, Steve Harvey, and everybody in our class, you know, I can't think of anyone whose story hasn't affected me in some way, even if. I know some people that story hasn't turned out so well. Those two amazing lessons, amazing lessons. So who can we learn from everyone? The most amazing person, if I had to put an individual on it, would be this, this very young lady I know, it's about 13 years old. And her parents went through divorce. The, they lost their home. Uh, she got pulled out of her school. Uh, her whole family was in like some kind of internal civil war. Uh, she couldn't see her sister. She didn't understand why. Yet this young 13-year-old girl through all of that maintained a smile and a 4.0 straight A grades in school as well as participating member in her church and community, 13 years old can wow. speak intelligently with you about what she's been through and how she's overcome it. That person is one of my daughters. Oh, wow. So to me, the most amazing person, I people I have ever seen is my children. To watch them grow this little me from nothing. And, you know, for me, it was difficult because I had a plan of how I was going to be a, uh, have a secure place for them. Nothing yeah. ever happened to you. I love you. It's right or die me and you just, I love you. And then things got broken. Hmm. Partly it started out out of beyond my control. Maybe I had some control after and I didn't handle it right. I didn't do well and I was crushed, but that little girl kept her head up through all of it. That is amazing to me. And I'm sure she's not the only one. I'm sure there's a lot of children out there going through different things. Adults going through different things. What I do know is everything is temporary. Everything gets better. Everybody's story is amazing, which tells me we can all change into something of, of, of into anything. Mm. We can be, yeah. do, have anything. Yes. And, and you know as well as I do, it, it all stems from here and what's going on in here, in the mind, you know, and, and how we, and, and the things we let go on in the mind. And, and you know, 
you know, I do. I, I quote Les Brown a lot on this show, but it's because I've listened to him to so for so many years. And when I listen to him, he speaks to my heart. So I project those things back out because I, they truly resonate with me. And and one of the things he says is that, <clears throat> excuse me, that oh, I've actually forgot the the line I was going to come out with. Oh well, we'll move on. <laughs> you paraphrase or come back to it? Yeah, we'll come back to it. We'll come back yeah. to it. I've got that many exciting things going on in my mind that I want to say. Some of them jump over each other sometimes. <laughs> no worries. No worries. If you've just joined us, I'm with Clay Baber, and we're talking about living from the out, inside out, not the outside in, and not having, not letting your circumstances, environment control you. That was what I was going to say, Clay. It was about, you know, we can't control the thoughts that come into our mind but we can control the thoughts we dwell on. And, and ultimately, there's a lot of freedom in that, in realising that and recognising that and taking action accordingly. You know, you, you talked about the story with, with your daughter there, who, although things were hectic around her, although things were far from ideal, she stayed focused, she stayed happy, most importantly. And, and she, she kicked those goals that were, those goals at that time in her life, which was, was education. And, and that's because, you know, she lived from the inside out, not the outside in. So I think it's a, a fantastic story, and, and thanks for sharing it with us. Yeah, it is. Now, Brother Clay, I know you're a, a man who, who, like myself, enjoys the finer things in life, but I know that that doesn't define you. You know, there's a difference between liking material things and being materialistic. And, you know, I've done my research into you. I know you're not a materialistic man but you do like the finer things in life. But that's not your main driver, is it? That's not the main reason you do everything you do. The main reason you've, you, you, your driver, and this is the opinion I get, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but your driver in life is to go for your goals and dreams. And, and I know you've achieved a lot of success in that regard. And I was just wondering if you would be open to sharing, you know, some of those goals and dreams with us. Yeah, absolutely. So, so for me, I think having a difficult time of lack at a younger age, I think I did go for materialistic things. And mm. it wasn't, by the time I achieved them, I wasn't chasing them anymore. By the time I achieved them, it's like you say, I was working on my purpose, which was beyond having those things. When I had, when I be, <laughs> began to have these things, what I realized is it's very comfortable lifestyle and, and I enjoy a comfortable and luxurious life because I love myself today. I want to treat myself well. Things that I like, I don't like them or buy them or get them in my life so that I can share them on social media. My goal of attaining that is not to show someone else, look what I have. It's because I generally like that product and I don't want it for myself mm. and but then you get to a point where as we were talking earlier uh once you achieve all these things that are i'm looking at my vision board in the background while i'm talking once you achieve right. These, <laughs> right these are part of my vision board too actually once you achieve these materialistic goals and the question is what's next you know, what am I chasing next? So uh, I put myself back out there and went back to work last year. And I was able to successfully set up a company in New York that's running now and still takes care of me to this day. And, mm. and, and that's, in that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And while I was there, I did not want to do that, really. What I really wanted to do was to continue making music so but i couldn't afford it i couldn't afford the studio time and to engineer these things it requires you know when mm. you have your own business or you're starting your own thing you have to invest in yourself people are mm. not going to give you money you may have <laughs> you have to do it on your own at times and so that was my goal but i didn't see how it was going to happen but what I did was just every other weekend or so, I would go to the studio and I would look at places and imagine myself being there. And not long after being up there, 
my dearest friend, I call my brother, had passed away around Thanksgiving. And I, I made a couple songs for him. And I went in there and just said, no more fear. No more holding on. Just let it out. Good, bad, and just let it out. And when I went to record the first song, it was, uh, it was amazing the way I felt. You know, I projected myself there. And when I was there, I projected myself into a future space that did not quite exist yet. Uh, uh, some things happened with the work I was doing where I was able to step away, like I say, where it continued to pay me. So the past year, I was like, well, what do I do now? I didn't think continue making music. I just said, what do I do now? And then I met with Les Brown and John Tallarico and John's coaching me through how to think your way into results. And mm -hmm. what I love about thinking into results real quick, <laughs> I know I'm supposed to just tell you my goals. We're getting there. That's the book. <laughs> what I love about it is I labored very hard and very long to get where I am. What I like about thinking into results, it takes no sweat and no back pain. To get <laughs> I, can, yeah. I can do it from this wheelchair that I'm sitting in. Yeah. I can think my life into whatever I want it to be. By making a decision, I access the God power to change reality of tomorrow. Hmm. So my dreams when I came back to South Carolina, when I left New York, the construction, was to make sure that I set up a new foundation for my daughters to get our home and, and work on those relationships. And when John says, what is it you want to do? I said, well, I kind of thought I wanted to be a speaker because I didn't want to do construction anymore. And I hear speaking pays well. And the, the highest paid speakers are strategic planners. And I've written strategic plans for major corporations. This will be easy. I can mm -hmm. do it. But I didn't really want to. It didn't, I didn't enjoy sitting up all night working on it. But music, I could work on 24-7 without rest. I love it. And so I decided to just start moving forward on one concept song I had. I made the concept song, I sent it to a few people. The first person to respond to me and offer a feature on the album was DMX. <laughs> what the heck? And it felt so normal. The guy was so, he spoke intelligently, he was into the project, into the idea. It was just such a casual conversation it took me a few weeks to realize what the hell just happened. <laughs> so so I, I redid it for him and sent it back to him. And then Red Man from Wu-Tang hits me up. He wants to be a part of it. I was like, wow, this is like magically falling into place. I don't know how, but okay. This is what I say my goal is. I just want to create some beautiful things. Do I want to be an artist forever? I don't know. But I want to, right now in my life, create yeah. some beautiful things while I have the time to devote to it and give to it. And at a time where I'm overcoming fears of self-doubt, ridicule from others, fear from expressing myself, it seems like a wonderful story to share with the world in hopes that someone else can be inspired. You know, Tupac always said, I may not be the flame, but I will ignite the flame that comes after. And that's my hope, you know, that, that someone else is encouraged to do what they want to do, to follow their dreams. I know a, a great friend of mine I talked to the other day, and he's an he's a, he's a expert in forensic uh, construction contractual disagreements. So, but he, he wants to do something else. And... He can't let go of what he's doing to do something else. And I can't tell him, quit your majorly well-paid job to go chase your dreams. This is something we have to do on our own. Yes. And yes. for me, it's and what I've had to learn. It's a serious practice in faith that mm. if I do what I know in my heart, my God voice in my head wants me to do, all will be well no matter what. Mm, I concur. I concur. I really do. Because, you know, once you make that decision and take the responsibility and own it, more importantly, like, you know, you're responsible 
You're responsible for your life. You're responsible for your health, your wealth, your, you know, the way in which you conduct yourself and the way in which you do one thing is the way in which you do anything. And I was someone who didn't always completely honestly and transparently here. I think it's always important to be honest and transparent in places like this. I wasn't always someone who took ownership and responsibility for my life. I was someone who sometimes used to blame others when the shortfalls came, um, which is just completely irresponsible and just led to, um, yeah, just unhappiness at scale. But through this, you know, this book that I've just thrown over here, it's out of reach now, thinking into results. And, and not only the book and the contents of the book, but the people that we've been surrounded with in the group and the network, uh, you know, meeting fantastic people like yourself that are that are driven, that are going for things, that have goals, that they write down, that they read, often repeatedly, and are also willing to help you in achieving your goals. Right. And, and, and you know, everyone working together to the same end, obviously different goals with inside that, but what I'm really talking about is, you know, the mastermind and, 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 and surrounding yourself with the right people that have a similar mindset to you. But, uh, you know, it's a transition for me. It's a transition for me. A lot of the things you've said, quite honestly, Clay, are the things that I've been transgressing myself, you know. When you start speaking, you're all about it and, and just putting yourself in the public forum. You know, I'm, I'm nearly up to 50 episodes of the podcast now, but when I started, it was a lot, it was a lot shakier. Uh, the confidence wasn't there. And, and the only way of getting better at it is just by actually doing it. And I know you said, you know, when you started thinking about going into the studio, there was a fear there. You know, there was a fear of um, how is it going to play out? Am I, I know I can do it, but how does it actually come out? And what are other pe the people going to think of what I'm doing here? But it seems to me that from the story you told, that all changed very rapidly once you actually took action, took the responsibility, the ownership, and just started doing it. And then all the other things started to come to you to go, Yes, 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 Clay. Here's DMX. Here's Redman. Here's people that are working to the same end as you, and and are going to make this project. I don't know if we can talk about the name of the album. Can we mention it? Is that all good? Yeah, the name of the album is Blasphemy. Yeah, Project Blasphemy, right? It, it's Blasphemy is a mixtape of songs that I've collected over the years, plus a few new ones that are not, that I have not released yet. Stuff I've collected over the years features Bone Thug, well, Busy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony, yep. uh, Frank Nitty and Young Gritty. Uh, these are some original LBC type guys from California. And um, it's also going to include Les Brown. At is the, it? Uh, <laughs> so the album's name is Blasphemy. And how I came up with the Blasphemy. I think I can tell you without telling you exactly what the content of the album is, because that's the big secret. It's a story. Give it a it's a lot of story. But the best <laughs> I can tell you why I chose the word blasphemy is because I spent a lot of my life looking for God in the Bible and in the church. When I read the Bible or got information, it was a little confusing when I asked someone to tell me or help me understand what that meant, I was usually told of their understanding based on how someone else told me they understand it based on someone and they understood it and on and on throughout history. What I've come to learn is the Bible, this collection of 66 books is not necessarily a historical document. It is a, maybe you can't call it a historical document on the human psychology, uh, human psychology. The 12 disciples represents the 12 thought processes of our mind. And in a way we are God, not to be blasphemous, but to say that God, please change my life tomorrow is one way <laughs> to do it. That hasn't always worked for a lot of people. And then they're told, oh, just be faith. Let God, you ask, you're done. Or you could say, God, I want my life to change tomorrow. And I know four ways to change my life. One is to, to do more of a certain thing. One is to do less of a certain thing. One is to do things 
completely different. So God help me change my life tomorrow by helping me right now do this one thing different so that I've created for tomorrow a new memory of my yesterdays that I can live comfortably with as opposed to whatever shenanigans I may have been up to. In that one decision in our mind, we can activate the God power and change our lives. We can think positively of another person and our perception of them changes, whether they do or not. And when our perception of them changes, our reality changes as well. So I, a lot of people I know, myself included, spend a lot of our lives hanging on to resentments. Uh, <laughs> there were some people where I was waiting for their funeral so I could show up and say, what took you so long? <laughs> like, there were some people I really did not like. And then yeah. one day I, and I said, you know, I wonder how they feel right now in this moment about me not liking them. They probably, they probably don't give a shit. They probably don't. They might not even know. Might not even know. But I feel this way, and I don't like carrying this baggage around. It's my choice to put it down and move on. And, mm. you know, something else I haven't talked about is I, I've struggled with addiction before, and I realized that going through that, uh, I couldn't understand why I couldn't stop. It was baffling to me. And then I found a group of people able to, that were able to help me. And I came to a realization that even though I wasn't committing an abrupt suicide, what I was doing was trying to destroy myself as slow and conspicuous and insidiously as possible. Right. And once I realized that that was the chief aim of what I was doing, I said, well, why is it that I hate myself so much that I want to sneak up on myself and destroy myself slowly? Mm. And once I released these things and started to forgive myself and starting to forgive others is when I began to love myself. And when I began to love myself, I discovered another secret, Jake, that rich people are not happy because they're rich. Rich people are rich because they're happy. Mm. Love that. So my main job is being at work in the kingdom of my father, which is my mind, at constant control and monetization of my thoughts because it is a full-time job to create a life of abundance from nothing simply by thinking it. That's what we're taught. That's what we're talking about, right? In our group. Hmm. Simply by thinking it from this wheelchair, I can create myself onto a podcast. Hello, here we are. I can create myself as a mm, respected artist and producer simply by thinking it. This is amazing thing. I can change my perspective of people. So this is my goal, my dreams is what do I want is I want to maintain my happiness at all costs. And no one is allowed to interfere. If, if someone is in my life, I'm super grateful. It makes it easier. Thank you. And I'm happy. Hmm. But if the person is not in my life, I'm super happy and grateful. And thank you as well. Yeah. That's I have to maintain happiness. At all costs. It's my bank account. This is my, this is my gold mine of unending wealth creation yeah and, and again it's your choice you know the happiness is your choice it's your responsibility and, and that leads great to what i'm going to say next and i know we've talked about it a lot today about living and from the inside out not the outside in has, has it always been that way for you or was there a defining moment where that kind of changed i think i've always been an introvert where i lived from the inside viewing out. And I have a few memories of when maybe that kicked in. You know, I, very strange individual. I remember everything back through my birth. So when I used to tell stories, they would be like, you were one, you were two. You remember that? I was like, I had no idea I was that young. And yeah. what I remember realizing this place that we were in and the fantastic colors that was around the age of two and uh and then i remember 
contemplating death at the age of around six or so. And at that point, I was very curious about time and space. And in that time frame of my childhood, I experienced some really horrific things that made me draw more introvert and less outspoken and communicative with people as a child. Mm -hmm. So my whole life, I've kind of been from the inside watching, looking out. And like I say, I've seen, uh, I've seen some things I really hope you guys get to see. I've seen some things that I hope no one ever has to see or talk about again. Mm -hmm. But what I can say is I feel like now as an adult that I understand what's going on, I am master and commander at the helm of my ship. <laughs> yeah. And introvertly, you know. And, and I'm guiding it to where, where I want to go. And my, I'm vaguely specific about where I want to go because I'm open to things. But what right. the, universe, the universe wants one thing from us. It wants to tell us what you want and be as specific as possible so that it may deliver it to us. Yeah. Uh, so, Jake, I focus on what I want and it comes to me. So I spend yeah. a lot of my time asking myself, which I hope if you're watching, ask yourself, what do you want? And I found that a harder question to answer than you would think. Mm. You know, what do you really, really want? Mm. Money aside. And what I want for myself, my goal, Jake, is to, is to be as happy as, as I can in the moment of every day. And, and, and if I'm able to guide someone through that, you know, what is my ultimate goal and dream of my existence? It would probably be to create a world where you wouldn't have to guide people through pain. It would be that we can maybe educate our young people a little bit yeah. more realistically. And yeah. Where I'm at now, yeah. Hmm. I, I, I think that's a good point as well. And, and you know, the stuff that we're, we're teaching at the moment and we've been absorbing the past months frankly i don't quite understand why it isn't taught in schools you know um learning how to master your mindset learning about you know the mental faculty improving the mental faculty the will the imagination the reason um you know the intuition like why these things aren't aren't taught in schools and i think frankly they should be um or, or perhaps they should at least be a little bit more mindset mastery within the curriculum of schools and uh you know the, the children have to come out and just find their find their own way with that stuff after the school seems pretty bizarre for me to be honest with you i had some conspiracy theories on why they didn't at one time but you know an important question to ask is uh if you teach it too young if i was taught that i could manifest anything i wanted at a time when I was experiencing a really dark time in my life, that probably could have been potentially dangerous. That's but a good point. At, at one point, at some point, I think the next elevation of humanity, the veil being lifted, is when we realize that we can start educating young people with this stuff. Hmm. Just as important. Let's get people talking and writing and doing math. Let's get everybody communicating. And now that you can communicate, let me tell you something magical. One of my earliest memories is I remember starting preschool and kindergarten, and I was highly disappointed. <laughs> I, was, I waited all you have to think I could remember it all these years leading up to that. So I waited all these years to finally go to an institute of education and learning to understand more about the world and why we are and what we're doing as humanity. This is what I was looking for in kindergarten. And I was, instead, we were given, you know, color Santa Claus with these crayons, which was fine <laughs> and all that. But I, I'm really hopeful to the future because I believe once this stuff is taken, you know, this coronavirus, whatever we've experienced and got everybody locked in and on their phone, one thing that's more rampant now, and people are starting to realize and wake up that they can live the life of their dreams, have what they want right here right now simply by making a choice so i think this is it's in our near future that is taught to yes us the younger age yeah yeah i believe that as well i truly believe that. i don't think it's too far away at all and 
and I, I'm really I'm a voice for that, and I'm I'm actually working on getting into some schools and talking to them about it. I've done an opportunity recently, so um, I hope you know. It's, I say this, and I've said this probably at least fifteen or twenty times on the podcast, but. The, the youth of, of the world are 40% of the population, but 100% of the future. And I think in the space of public speaking, motivational speaking, however you want to wrap it up, that the youth of, of the world are the most important people to hear, hear the voice and the message of positivity and of mindset mastery and of, you know, whatever you want in life, you can get it. You just have to believe in it first. They're, they're the people that should be hearing that message because they're the ones that are going to carry on. Absolutely. And it, it's a great time to tell them. And we have to remember as people who speak of it, if you know us, you have to understand we are humans too. We do not always practice what we preach, but we preach it so much because we're constantly practicing on ourselves. At least that's my story. I know it very well because I'm constantly working on myself. And once we understand that we are a carrier of this message, I have to remember for myself that I am now a beacon of attraction rather than promotion type of person. You, my content of my character, my actions in my daily life, my actions in my business dealings, my actions when I show up on a podcast should be in line with the morals that I'm preaching so that we don't get confused with what, what, I knew in my past where the preacher didn't quite do the right thing, so it must be blasphemy, or this happened in the church, so these guys aren't holy. You know, it's these kind of things take away and deviate from the important part of the message is, what do you want for yourself right now? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right now in the present, you know, not what's happened to you before, and, and not too far into the future, just work on the right now today. The present moment you know they say uh every day is a gift that's why they call it the present and i, I try and wake up and remember that every single day my feet touch the floor absolutely of course clay as you know the title of this podcast is the hunger for the hustle and i define the word hustle to, to be not liking the circumstances you see around you so going out there and creating your own i'd, I'd love to know how do you define the word Hustle and, and what really drives yours? I define the word hustle as, as accessing that dog in you, basically the same way that you said, that no matter what, this is what I want and I'm going to go for it. Even if I have to take on an extra job, uh, stay up a little later, read an extra book, whatever it takes, I'm going to go for it. I am a hustler. I'm constantly making what, what the, this generation calls making moves. What, what I know as I have a defined list of goals and I'm checking one and off one at a time. And, and, and it's, it's almost an infinity list of goals because as I'm checking things off, things are getting added as we go down. So yeah. it's a bit of a ride. Hunger for the hustle um, can come from, it can mean a lot of things, right, Jake? Because yeah. I've been hungry enough in my stomach where I had to go hustle. And then I've had some situations in my life where I didn't like it and I was hungry enough to do whatever it takes to achieve it. And that's maybe how I would describe the hunger for the hustle. You know, I like it. And once you get on a flow, you kind of like it and you want more and you want to keep going and you can't stop. You're hungry for the hustle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a road that never ends. And, and, and you know, you're going to need a lot of fuel in the car. So <laughs> and that's why I ask because... It, it's a it's a matter of perception, of course, but it um, you know the word hustle and, and, and the term hustle can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So yeah, I like to um, I like to apply to that point. I'm just getting a bit of interference on here. I'm wondering if that's coming from my end or yours. Just a little bit of a crackle there in the background. Yeah, it's happened when you speak. Is your mic plugged in? Yeah, yeah. Let me just readjust it. I might just be a little bit too close to it, I think. Um, so as we as we wrap it up, I'd love to know if you could give three hot tips and perhaps a book recommendation to anyone out there that's watching that wants to be successful, perhaps has thought about being an entrepreneur business owner. Um, 
and doesn't quite know how to make that that switch like you and I have from you know working for someone else and trading your time for their money to just having your own schedule, doing your own thing, generating your own cash. Yeah, I would I would say if you first thing you have to do is decide what you want, what you want to do, and then understand it's not always easy. You know, managing the books for someone else, being responsible for other people's mortgages and and lights, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility when other people depend on you to make sure the cash flow happens so that they can have dinner two weeks from now or a month from now. Uh, that, mm. that's, that's heavy as the head that wears the crown. I think the most important thing that I would, I would say is don't get confused and think that just because you see an entrepreneur by the poolside, he's probably working in between that selfie he just took. <laughs> most people like us do, do not stop. I, I may be on a call this tonight at three, four, five o'clock in the morning. It doesn't stop. It's content. It's work. So what helped me is establishing those early days in construction where I established a work ethic, where I got up at five o'clock, seven days a week, and I worked my butt off all day. So I, I established that if, I think if you have a phone and it has access to unlimited information, and you're a person who wants things, and in your hand is a tool that's access to unlimited information. Anything you want to do is pretty much outlined for you on YouTube by now. So get hungry for the hustle, make the decision of what you want to do, and move towards your purpose, and watch, magically it'll move towards you. Yes, yes, it certainly will. It's a as you are moving towards it, it is moving towards you. It's like a, like, almost like a magnetic force, isn't it? It's, that sounds like like a bit of magic or or hocus hocus pocus to a lot of people who might be watching. But once you start putting that into practice and watching it play out, you'll be shocked and surprised at how quickly it does work. And then, like you said earlier, you know you've got your list of goals. You start achieving them, and then you're so inspired by achieving them that more of them come in, and it's just a continuous flow state you you find yourself in yeah and keep in mind once you start moving towards changing your life once you begin that your life will change then the most thing that people don't talk about is once your life begins to change if you do not change with it you will eventually return exactly where you started or were be ready to understand that if you want your life to be different you i have to be different as an individual internal changes mentally physically spiritually change is required that's why most people don't have changes in their life because i learned this from my own self because we don't as people necessarily want to change what how did i hear it comfortably numb it, it, people get comfortably numb so break out of that comfortably numb prepared to change and be in a new place in life yeah i couldn't hear you say comfortably numb without thinking about the great track from uh from pink floyd do you like that track absolutely absolutely great track great album i've listened to that album so many times i'll never forget when uh, the first vinyls actually my one of the first vinyls that was ever bought for me from my uncle um awesome. great, track, great album and actually that that clay i always like to at the end here and we haven't really I haven't mentioned this to you beforehand, but I like to ask a few wacky and weird rapid fire questions at the end here, just to wrap it up and, and have a bit of fun. So, okay, uh, sure. let's go for it. If you were on a desert island, what three things would you need with you? Uh, I would want my, my dog, Sammy. <laughs> yeah. I, would, <laughs> I, like everybody else today, would want my cell phone to survive <laughs> on a desert island. I would want uh, my cell phone and and a couple people that I love with me. From there, I think we can do anything. That's what we do now. I feel like I'm on Desert Island at times now. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, like I that. mean, well, you know, Desert Island is not so bad. What you need is there. There's water there. There's fish there. There's water can be made, and you know, it's things are possible. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's, there's probably a lot worse places to be, actually, isn't there, when you think about it? Yeah. 
Now, this one is out there, but just stick with me. I'd love to get your perception on it. Do you believe in aliens, Brother Clay? You have to define aliens. <laughs> That's a great answer. So being, I do not being, believe there are uh, beings living up out there because I do not believe any longer that up out there exists. Okay. I believe we're literally a product of the now living in an infinite plane that goes outwards. So it's freaking infinite whether it's space or that way are people that look different than us or creatures that look different than us hell yeah you just have to go outside to know that is that possible yes have there been evil and good entities that looked maybe like what we would call demons yes they're written about in the bible do i believe mm -hmm. in vampires and werewolves and that people morphed themselves and this man was nailed to a cross and got buried and got up and walked away and all that yeah <laughs> but no i do not believe in 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 outer space so aliens from outer space would be difficult for me yeah that's a good a great answer a great long tail answer and a completely different question but these are meant to be random what is, where's your favorite place to go on vacation where if brother clay is booking a holiday where's your go-to spot sydney or uh Tortuga Island in, in Key West, Florida. Sydney's never... probably the, my, the favorite, my favorite place I visited. I loved Australia for its, for its culture, for its mm. food, for its people and hospitality, and, and even its politics. What I loved is their, the carefulness about what goes into the food, what the people are eating, and how people are treating other people is like, it gets major focus from what I saw, and I thought that was absolutely amazing, that a person could be free to be themselves, whoever and whatever that is, and be yes. accepted as it's okay who you are. I think America could could learn a lot from that. Yeah. Plus, well, it's beautiful landscape, and yeah. di all different styles of things to look at. Amazing. Did you ever get down to Melbourne when you were in Australia? I did not. I was there for a, a surgery. I don't think anyone's interviewed me about that. Actually, Saddam Hussein's nephew did a surgery on my. I remember you on me on the phone. Yeah, we'll get into that story. It's a This gentleman too, Doctor Munjid Almaduras, has an amazing story. I didn't get to travel much. I was there. I had a few days to look around Sydney, and uh, and in those little bit of time that I was there, that's what I picked up on. It was the the culture of the people amazing yeah you're absolutely right that's why i live here Clay. it's simply as that that the people you know it's a beautiful looking place but the people make it for me very relaxed very easy going very open-minded almost zero judgment you know um, i was just down the beach yesterday and you just got everyone out in just their, their different clothes and their different vibes and doing different things and there's just there's no no judgment at all. it's a beautiful place but uh, you know, I'd like to invite you, Clay. When, when you next come back to Australia, come over to Melbourne. I'll show you around. My doors are always open to you. Love to spend wow. some time with you. That's amazing. Thank you, Jake. I really appreciate that. Clay, if people want to find you online at Big Brother, Big Clay on Instagram, Clay Baber on, on Facebook, is that those are the best places to find you? That's it. You know, I'm really careful that I maintain one atmosphere on Facebook and I try to keep the music entertainment atmosphere on instagram that's at big brother clay and there's yep. brother uh clay productions as well yep. um, thinking into results with john tallarico i recommend following the hunger for the hustle i recommend and if there was a book that i think was short simple that you could read that could change your life as soon as tonight and tomorrow it would be uh, the power of positive thinking by norman vincent peel it's short it's sweet and to the point it's funny you should say that. I just bought my mother that book for her, for her birthday, oh, wow. and awesome. she's reading it. I hadn't read it, but I'd heard everyone talking about it. Um, we're going to run a little bit over here. I hope that's okay with you. Um, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and and she keeps giving me little little deliveries out of this book, and I was like, Mom, I've got to be honest. I haven't actually read the book yet. <laughs> so it's fantastic that you're giving me these, these nuggets. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to read that one. But um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Clay. I'm keeping a 
close eye on what you're doing. I can't wait for Blasphemy to be dropped. I know that's looking at kind of early next year, isn't it? And, um, yeah. man, I'll tell you what, I want a signed copy. I want to be one of the first ones in Australia to get one. <laughs> Absolutely, Jake. Thank you very much for your time and platform. I appreciate you. Thank you, Claire. I appreciate your time and energy, brother. Take care and enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, sir, Jake. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you Thanks, guys. everyone.